What's going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Easy Mill over Zoom video. Easy Mill was born and raised in the Philippines, and he talks about how he got into music, where he was raised, death metal, heavy metal, that was really popular growing up. So early on, he got into death metal bands and really heavy music. He had a bunch of metal bands and different hardcore bands over the course of the years that he had started really online. He'd meet people online. They would pass tracks back and forth. All This is pre-COVID. He was doing the file sharing online producing thing you know, years and years ago. He ends up moving to Las Vegas to continue to pursue his career in music. He took part in this 24-bar challenge where he was sent a beat and he had a rap over it. I know you're going like, I thought he was in death metal. He started out there and then he slowly kind of moved over to hip hop R&B. He just loved music, found out that he was really good at rapping. So people were like, hey, you should do this 24 bar challenge. He ends up doing it. He advances and gets an opportunity in the Philippines to work with this radio station called Wish 107.5. And he goes on their wish bus and performs a couple or three of his original songs. And one of those songs absolutely blows up online. It's called Panalo. So he talks to us about that song, the success of that song, being approached by a bunch of different major labels, putting out his first full album and all about his new record, which is called Duality. You can watch our interview with Easy Mill on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be awesome if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Easy Mill. What's hey, up, good? man? How are you? What's up, Adam? How are you, Ez? Adam? Yes. All right. Nice to meet you, Adam. Nice hey. to meet you. Just been chilling, man. I appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. Ain't no problem. No problem. It's my honor. Cool. Well, uh, this podcast is about you, uh, your journey in music, and we'll talk about the new record and the, and the new single as well. Definitely, definitely. Thank you. Well, excited. Awesome, awesome. So I did see that you were uh, born and raised in the Philippines? Yes, sir. Very cool. Talk to me about that a little bit. My mother-in-law is actually born and raised in uh, Milan, so she's moved here. From from Manila? From From Manila? Oh, from Manila. I'm sorry, the audio glitched a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, Manila. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. That's cool. That's cool. That's awesome to know. Yeah, so all she right. moved to San Diego when she was 12. Yeah, uh, so my whole family, actually. Yeah, my whole my whole family um, was born and raised in, uh, actually, Olongapu City. Or otherwise, we call it Subic Bay. Like, okay. You know, in the Philippines. So that's where kind of, like... Um, the background of being in bands or like being surrounded by band music was like, you know, the whole range of the genres, but mostly at the time I would say like uh, rock, you know, 
rock metal and like eighties hair metal. That was like their thing. That was like, uh, like, really. That's what I would soak up in. But um. Oh, interesting. Like band, like were there, you know, there were just bands from there, like original bands, like uh, you know, yeah, writing because, their own songs. That's yeah, cool. the, the Subic Bay. Um, it was. It used to be a naval base, so like. It would like you know the American culture would just like be uh-huh. kind of brought into that city. It would be like the open port. It it still is a port to this day. Interesting. You know, yeah, that's amazing. That's but, so cool. Uh, so you soaked up like that type of music. Well, uh, when did you get into music? Was that the first uh, music that you were you know really getting into, or were you not really so much into <laughs> rock metal? <laughs> I mean, like at the time, of course, then like my parents being into that, like, of course, that was their like, you know, um, way of living and how they, you know, made ends meet. I would say they like, you know, some of the gifts that they would give me as like a child was like some drums and some guitars, you know. Oh, but, they're into so they're into that type of music. Your parents were? Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, that's both, killer. I'm my dad, my dad. So. It wasn't necessarily like me. I wasn't too hipped on it. Like, you know, I would try the drums like, and then try the guitar. Didn't necessarily like, you know, get to uh, be too interested in it. Until, like, because like, of course, when you give someone something to do, they're not necessarily going to like hop on right. that. Right, right, like, right. I followed my own little like pathway of what I like more as of like music. And um, like what I would listen to, like from kids, from a kid, and then like as I got a little bit older, I would listen to rap, R and B, and stuff like that. So didn't necessarily make the music yet, but when I started making music, I would say um, high school, and it would be like deathcore. Oh, really? (laughs) You went from. Your parents being into hair metal and like that heavy music to you're going down your own lane of hip hop R and B and then you go back to to heavy like metal, is that what you said? Yeah. yeah oh like, interesting. What'd you do in the band? Uh, Were you the singer? Uh I did kind of a little bit of uh, everything, like around high school and college. Like um I would start off just trying to figure out because there was not a lot of people like working on recordings, you know. Mm-hmm. They would have to, like, you know, I wanted to be that for a lot of people. I guess that was, like, kind of my goal, like, at a certain time, like, early college and then, like, late high school. I was learning. I was trying my best to learn everything when it comes to, like, the being, like, a home studio just through my laptop. And I remember showing people some stuff, but, you know, it was still really, really raw and just me trying trying to because you know you have to deal with like you know real recorded snares and like you know kicks and the guitars you know and all the tones and stuff like that but they're like you know the bare bones of what what music is supposed to be like but then you have to formulate a song with just those instruments like you know guitar bass drums and then just vocals and then you would have to figure out the melodies with just the guitars alone the whole like upper scale the bass and the kick and like the toms would be like the main rhythmic backbone then i guess that's where i would say like most of our 
the musical songwriting. Um, like it, it was kind of my, like you know, uh, non non systematic university for like mm-hmm. mixing and mastering. Composing. And this is you're doing all this with that band, so you're learning how to record Nazis. like the guitars. Yeah, it was just like, it was actually a couple bands. I formed some online bands. It was mostly not all online bands. And then I would go around, like, you know, my city or like in a couple of my hometowns in the Philippines, just um, skating around, like, you know, looking for people who had the same interests for like deathcore, death metal. It was not a lot of us. So um, that's why I stayed on online mostly. Like I have like eight bands. They're still active today. Like in terms of like Facebook profiles, you know. Oh, interesting. Um, but we haven't totally. necessarily remade to- some. Yeah, art. totally different than what you're doing now. Yeah, but you know, still intact with that interest. I still listen to my favorite artists. Sure. Wow, that's interesting. So, how do you go from that to to the the hip hop that you're doing now? I mean, I guess I would say I just love music, man. So just being able to make the music, I would say, is an honor. And, you know, it's like a privilege, I would say, that because like a lot of the people, even my dad and my mom, they would say the the technology today, today is like what benefits, like, you know, people who really want it, you know, who really mm-hmm. want to go for it, then you have a lot that is already there for you, but the hard work still has to be hard work to be able to like, you know, because it's not just an interest. It starts off as that, but then right. making the music, like, you know, you have to really get dive into it because it's like, you go in the lab. Through. Sure. Wow. That's interesting that you have so many active bands and especially like online. So it sounds like you were doing this way before, obviously COVID and all that. So you almost had a leg up to people that yeah. were like, Oh, now how do I record music? How do I work with people? I got to figure out all this remote stuff. So you were what yeah. meeting people online and then sending s- tracks back and forth. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, like, got people, um, some f- made some good relationships in terms of like friendships that if we just talk like out of the blue, it's like cool, you know, because mm-hmm. I haven't thoroughly like, you know, gone out of my way to, you know, to visit them in their places because some of them in Italy, Australia, you know, some parts in um, some parts in the Southern Americas and Northern Americas, you know, just people who have the interest for like deathcore slash death metal, technical mm-hmm. death, whatever, subgenres of like the, the death realm of metal. Sure. So when do you start uh, then as Mill as like a hip hop project? Easy mill. So that started when, um, because I would say the metal, you know, it goes so far, unless you're like a die artist murder or like suicide silence and oh in sure, uh-huh. deathcore. If you have one like mainstream hit, like um, I would say, "Holy War" by Die Artist Murder and "You Only Live Once" by Suicide Silence. Yeah, those, know, those records then they hit a little bit in the mainstream and they oh, set sure. there. But mm-hmm. I would I didn't get that I didn't get to that point in time early enough in my life to where like you know my the metal side of like the music that I was making actually 
like, you know, worked out for me. So I had an interest as well for rap and hip hop and R&B and even some reggae. So like, mm-hmm. because it's still in like the band realm and like composing, it, it just like was that um like knowledge hurdle, like, you know, that little, like that little plateau that I had to get over for like learning how to make uh, R&B and rap because it was like, compared to like metal and band music, it's a lot more like, you know, kind of quiet when it comes mm-hmm. to how you like, you know, set up some of the instruments They have to be a lot more perfect kind of. So like just how to, I die, I dove deep into that side and mm-hmm. then learn how to make the music on that. And then like along the way, even just learning, I made sure to also try to give my knowledge back to the people that were following me, just even though there was like probably just 200 of them, you know, at the time. But um, I, I also gained a lot of knowledge from people that I um, worked with. So like the Panalo was like, you know, the, the, that record as like a suggestion from my mom, like because of the background of like, you know, me being in school in the Philippines, like my whole up until 18, like, you know, 17, being in the Philippines here where I am right now. So, Oh, you're in the Philippines right now. Yes, sir. I was wondering, it looks dark outside. Cause I read that you moved to the States and you were like in Vegas or something. Did you move out of Vegas? Uh, No, we're still in Vegas right now. We're just here in the Philippines for a tour. Uh, homecoming actually oh killer so you're on tour right now Mm -hmm. we just finished the first leg in manila and then the up next ones are going to be in davao baguio then ordaneta and olongapo so like a lot of different places all spread out in the philippines just this is actually my first time well not necessarily my first time anymore but um, that first leg being finished, that was my first time performing my, um, my like a full set of my originals for like a live crowd that I would consider to be like, you know, my fans and supporters that I've always longed to have because like, you know, making it is making it is just that hard to mm-hmm. like, to have your own core fan base enough forever grateful for anybody who comes out to the shows so um yeah man i'm yeah i'm back home for that's the cool that and, must um, be so cool that must be like i mean so much yeah. to you i mean coming home and having it's, this big fan base and doing a tour and wow yeah it's surreal man just like how they they receive me mm-hmm. because of course um i I, I'm I'm purebred from here, but right in color shows like you know from as a child just dealing with that. There's like the acceptance now. They've accepted that. They've accepted Olongapo City as well, like as a whole. That some of us come from that side of a like a naval base past, and a lot of us kind of look a little you know a little Caucasian. Sure. Like some of us, yeah. And then, but we were your really fr- parents in the Navy or was your family in no. the, oh, you just I, lived on that I side of the, I would say ancestral wise, like, you know, uh, like some of the grand, grandparents, like grand, grand, I would say, 
mm-hmm. were uh, some soldiers as well. That's what my last name is Miller. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's that plays in part. My uncle's name is Douglas. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just perspective like I shall return, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, so that uh so your career really what took off in what 2021 or 2020 as yeah as easy mail okay so tell me about so did you move to when did you move to the united states and how does that play into the success of this song because from what i was reading about the song is it got really popular on what like a radio station in the philippines right yes uh it was called wish 107.5 and like because Wish 107.5 started in the Philippines, mainly as like a, like a, it was, it's a bus, you know, like a bus that you hop on and there's like a mic over there, some like electronic drums, or you can bring a guitar over if you want. It's to like perform your own original songs. Then I was, you know, by the grace of God, given the chance to perform three of mine from my, my first album, Act One. As easy mm-hmm. mode. And how did and you I, get that? Do you remember how that all happened? Um, man, it's kind of blurry because because when the blow up started happening, it just kind of set in pace. Like right now, I am where I am. I'm like so focused on duality on the next album. But as to how that happened, I would say beforehand i got on this challenge called the 24 bars mark beats challenge and it was a rap challenge that was like blowing up in the philippines already and then they just suggested to me like why don't you do this i was already in the states at this time okay and then i just tried it out and i i guess i spazzed on it (laughs) (laughs) and then people started sharing it like crazy and i would I, would, I just remember that was the first time I was like taken aback by like how people was receiving like, you know, easy being like, because that was my nickname actually from Ezekiel Miller. Right. Mm-hmm. And I like easy mill from just that. I took out the Kiel and Lur. So the Kiel Lur, <laughs> I just took that from Ezekiel Miller and that's easy mill right there. And then I just named the, uh, youtube channel after that that's where i would say it's such a blur man i i like i did so much right like, right make it so like yeah i did the 24 bars challenge and then got to like millions of views that's it was crazy. just like you know a hit a hit for the streets you know for the philippines and they were like sharing it like crazy even like kids in like the farms you know here in like the provinces where some some of my relatives are as well they know the 24 bars they've been asking me to get on some of the new challenges out today but obviously busy now right right you know right. have it happen thankfully and of course um yeah i guess when the panalo and then so the three songs were idk freeze and wish i mean mm-hmm. idk Freeze and Panalo, uh-huh. the first songs that I um, got to hop on for Wish. And by the grace of God as well, like it was probably one of the few times, I think, that they um, actually allowed all 
three submissions from an artist to like be published you know wow yeah it was like it was it felt overwhelmingly positive for me sure it just a lot of people just saying that i i deserved it because Mm -hmm. they've seen they've seen what i've been trying to do with the music for a long time still like from the metal then when that popped up popped off with with the banalo now that was a different level of like like right and then your did, did your mom's like somehow she like suggested using some of the samples for the song right is that what i was saying yeah the first because like we have in the philippines a couple of like folk songs that we would dance in schools like in high school so some of them would be dinikling or um leron leron santa i don't know and then cariñosa she suggested like dinikling at first mm-hmm. and i like okay i guess i could use that it's similar in a way but me as like a memory in high school um cariñosa was like my favorite and then i used cariñosa and then um yeah she suggested to use like that and we searched on google also how is it who owns the songwriting but like it was way back then in like ancient times when the philippines was still like you know in the Spanish colonization phase. Sure. So the songwriting was like based on like this Spanish Banduria guitar. And um, yeah, it just, it just flowed from there. It's public domain. So I used it as a sample. That's awesome. And, yeah. And um, I just spliced the time because the original Cariñosa is three over three. So I turned it to four over four and then just, learn so how to make rap beats how to make trap beats how to make uh like 808s you know the whole shebang and then i just laid it on the proper four over four cariñosa and that became the hook i i came up with the hook first i just followed the melody of the guitar and then sang a bunch of um I wrote the words first but I made sure that I was shouting and like one track and then still shouting on the other one I made sure I think it was like 10 layers of <laughs> me shouting that's the awesome. same that's why it sounded like you know like a lot of angry guys just saying the same thing that's why it just it came from like that metal too I guess just mm-hmm. like that yeah the aggression like, the heaviness and like it felt really heavy like supposed to make your head bang so that's most, awesome make the floor rumble when that's performed you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. that's amazing and so that i mean that song obviously changes your life correct yeah it did it definitely did. so at this point are record labels reaching out to you are people like who you know who's this dude like who, who you know what's he got going on yeah, and even caught some platform, you know, but yeah. I'm give that to what it was. And um yeah, it just it was just the first point in time in my life where cause of course you you just have like dreams of making it like mm-hmm. as an artist. Like, you know, because I kept steady on the grind no matter how many views I got from any songs that I, you know, did like from 100 to probably luckily 2k at times with like the middle and even like when i started doing pop 
because like even before the rapping, I I would say I had a more of a grasp on R and B pop, like you know, like construction of songs. Because mm-hmm. like I had a couple of songs like um, "Far Away from Home," that was before even Panalo, those type of things. Then when we moved out to Vegas. That's what I would say. I started like taking the rapping seriously, and I released stuff like IDK. Mm-hmm. Then, I guess I uh, I quit. I quit Burger King. I quit working in Burger King, and I also enlisted in the Air Force for a little bit. And then when I um, I when I got medically discharged, I would say that's when I started working on like. You know, the first Easy Mail album. Oh, okay. I don't know, man. It just felt a little more different than I would say working on the metal albums because it felt a lot more personal when you're talking about when you're talking with ju- and singing with just your your regular voice and not having to like you know use. <laughs> that was awesome. You have a great screaming voice. Whoa! I didn't expect that to come out of you. <laughs> thank you uh, <laughs> oh man that was insane yeah when you when you use that type of voice you tend to like go deep into like you know speaking like a smeagol and like having this more of a thematic or like a biblical like you know sense of speaking with the lyrics as well because it's supposed to like hit like that with the metal you know what i'm saying yeah that um, was crazy i was like so can you do that again anything yeah anything that's so good oh that's awesome i okay now i can say how you have a career in that as well because i was like how does i'm listening to your songs like how does he do this death metal thing i don't understand you just showed me. That's crazy. <laughs> I love that. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, so okay, it was hard, really hard getting to that voice because oh, I'm sure I, it was like I started off with like just like a, as a little runt trying the same vocals from like my idols, like, and then I started off with inhales. You know. Oh yeah. You know, just I don't want to try them now. They're actually pretty uh, unhealthy. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. So I, it was really hard trying to get the exhale, like you know, screams. But then, yeah, man. So you back to the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Okay, <laughs> so that song is awesome. You ended up getting signed to Virgin Records, right? Is that what I saw from this whole thing? And, and like, man, the, what a dream come true. Uh huh. It's it's like still surreal to this day because, um, I, am I allowed to curse? Yeah, you say whatever you want. <laughs> All right, all right. So, like, the the record label that I tried to set up with myself in the middle was called Fuck Flesh Productions. Okay. So, like, FFP, right? Uh-huh. And in terms of, like, because in the metal, you would say it's socially unacceptable music. Oh, right. So, within when, when I started mi- making more of, like, socially acceptable music and, like, while also making metal as well, it had to be like this um, duality within the uh, within the uh, label sphere. So mm-hmm. with 
FFP as fuck flesh productions with like the metal side. I would say on the other side with like the R&B pop and stuff like that. It was called Free From Protocol. Oh, interesting. So you just kept the FFP. You just changed Mm -hmm. the. okay. And then that's why right now we got. Yes, Easy Mill. We got FFP Records in alliance with Virgin Music. Wow. Yeah, but Virgin Music is like so awesome. And speaking of duality, that's the record, right? The new one? The, that's the new album. Yeah, the new album. Mm-hmm. That's the oh. new album upcoming. And um, right now, you know, we got, uh, we got two songs out. Two songs out for the new album. Yeah, Re-Up is the first one. Re-Up is the first one. And, and then, then um, the second one, I'm not even going to try to pronounce because I'm just going to totally screw it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's just me saying um, 22 yeses because in Tagalog or in Filipino. Yeah, in Tagalog, yeah. Say, when you say yes, you either say opo respectfully uh-huh. or you can say oh just like a regular like oh like, you know, talking to a friend. Right, like right. oh so dalawampot dalawa means twenty-two. Dalawang o o twenty-two double o. So it's like twenty-two yeses. Ah, okay. So it's actually um I paid homage to my hometown, Alongapo City, where I was born and raised here in the Philippines. So re-up was um me, you know, shouting out all about females on earth and Jin just putting like that soldier stamp because especially them, me growing up, I don't witness like, you know, fathers not being there for like a lot of us. So like a lot of women raising men, you know, mm-hmm. that was like what I was surrounded by. And then I just had to give it up on re-up and just re-upping, of course, on my fans on like what the new product is like for this new album. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> And um, yeah, those are the two songs out right now. Re up and then I'll put that on. And and, um, and and the other one, like uh, again, I'm not gonna and, and oh, I'm just gonna call it oh. And that <laughs> one, you sing the whole thing in. The whole thing is wrapped in Tagalog. Yeah, mostly. And then yeah. I have like small portion of English. Whereas yeah. compared to like re up, it's like it's mostly just, English. Oh it's yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Tagalog. super small pieces Tagalog. Uh huh. So yeah, man, yeah. like those two out right now. And um, but shall we talk about the next? Upcoming yeah, day? let's do it. Yeah. So up next, 27 bodies. Um, you got any questions? Oh, plenty. <laughs> Real quick on on the before we get into this one. So 22 yeses. What, what, what are the, what, like you said, you're paying homage to your hometown, like where you're from. Like, where does the 22 come from? 22, 2200 is actually the zip code of. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay. And yeah, I, that's like, you know, I feel like unique. We have like four numbers in the zip code. I think in the States, we got like five numbers in the zip, zip yeah. code. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's a, yeah, I'm just paying homage to Alongable City, the zip code 2200. Okay. I love it. Now that it all makes oh, sense. Oh, oh. Yeah, and yeah. now it all makes sense. Okay, and the next one's called what? 21 bodies? Is that what you said? 27 bodies. 27 bodies. Okay, tell me what this is. 
This is, has to be some, yeah, t- just, you tell me. I don't know. I'm not even going to try to guess. All right. <laughs> so um, from coming from like the 24 bars challenge that I would say took off for like, you know, the fans and like my first base of supporters when I first started rapping. Mm-hmm. So I took, uh, I took my verse that I wrote in there and then I took off the beat of the challenge beat. And then I also took off the like little petty diss I did at the end. <laughs> oh, you did a diss in there? Yeah, yeah. It was just a diss to the beat maker because I was also making beats at the time. So I would ah. say on seven bodies, the beat right now is self-made, you know, but I just took the verse from the challenge. Got it. Okay. After that, there's actually going to be a second part throughout oh. after the empty segment afterwards and then i just talk about like i talk i've talked pretty like deep into this about like a lot of the happenings because while i was writing this it was like the covid season and Uh it had to just i heard a lot of news being in the uh, being in the united states about like what's happening at home and it just felt I felt a lot of grief, especially because there was some extrajudicial stuff that happened here in the Philippines while I was away. And I just, I felt like putting into a song was the perspective that was necessary for me at the time, because if I hadn't done that, I don't know, probably probably would have imploded because being away from my family, them having to deal with like, you know, the close blast radius of COVID-19, them being Mm -hmm. the Philippines, and then China just being right there, you know. Also, my dad being in Hong Kong at the time. I, I, um, yeah, I just, I, I said, I just laid it all out on the song, on 27 Bodies. So, from 24 Bars Challenge, it's now called 27 Bodies. And the lyrics are the same was that, but the 27 bar challenge or 24 bar challenge was prior to COVID. Is that what you said? Or was, was it all stemming from the same thing? It was 24 bar challenge was during COVID. Okay. So you, the lyrics were still based on, I mean, obviously you kept the same lyrics. So the, the, when you but wrote it, I, it was, yeah, I kept the same lyrics. So I just got on the record because like, you know, I got on the 24 bars challenge and the beat was a lot more turned up. It was supposed to get, you know, rappers and MCs riled up on it. Cause like, right, right. Every 808, you know, Mark did his thing on that and like, got me riled up as well. Talk my, talk my ish on it. And then I would say I kept the same lyrics and then I just replaced the beat with like, you know, my own flair mm-hmm. to the beat. After that, I like, I changed the whole tone. It got way more serious. So basically... From the challenge, same lyrics. Like, this is just the challenge, right? Right. I took off. Then the lyrics are still here. Different beat. And then onwards, it keeps going. So, like, it almost sounds like a different song, but it's one audio file. Oh, awesome. And it contains a lot more serious topics that, like, you know, I'm just speaking to my people. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that's what resonates with your fan base, too, is that you are you know, talking directly to them and, you know, they see somebody that, you know, moved to the United States and has all this, you know, has success now and you're back and you're, you're, you know, really championing, championing, 
championing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, you know what you know what your hometown is, and in, in, in having so much pride for it, I think that's so amazing. It's a, yeah, um, and um, I still I still want to do it, you know, for as long as I can, because it's it's what I would say what God what God has given me as a talent, um, and like you know as a blessing. Like, with my name being Ezekiel, like, you know, like, me not na- necessarily even thinking about that when I was, like, um, really in high school or that, but I was, like, raised around, like, like, you know, being in church a lot as well. So, mm-hmm. the biblical aspect, me looking into my name, even the history of it, like, you know, the prophet Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I wouldn't. I don't want to take that for granted. Why my parents named me Ezekiel? Yeah, I love that. And, and you I, ended up because you went to college at a um, a Catholic school, didn't you? It is Saint Louis, it's Catholic Saint Louis University. Um, no, I went to high school at a Methodist. Oh, a Methodist, okay. A Methodist school. It is called Olongapo Wesley School. Okay. Yeah. Even the the main high school, yeah, the main school, the very first one, like still like had the church right there. Okay. You know? So even like, you know, in between classes, we would go for like, you know, like prayer sessions in the church. Okay. And you know, I'm a real but I'm I'm a Bible raised kid. Sure. And a church raised. And um, going well, yeah, I mean, my, yeah, obviously, the, the name comes, yeah, directly from the Bible. That's how I was curious. Yeah. Um, so, as you said, even my, my college, uh, St. Louis University, yeah, you're right, it's Catholic. It's a Catholic school, I think, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Amazing. And, well, yeah, well, I appreciate your time today. This has been so awesome, and I love, and can congratulations on the tour you said you have another leg left i have four more legs left. oh four more legs wow three or four actually three or four for me that three or four okay and i just finished the first one thankfully you know it was a blast that's so so cool man well congratulations (laughs) i appreciate your your time today i know it's late there i'm sure it's like what 10 11 o'clock at night wait let's make sure that 1037. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll let you go to bed. I have one more quick question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Oh, man. For any artists out there who's trying to make it, whether whatever your genre is, I know it seems kind of hard, like just being it, having to categorize yourself, but just follow your heart with what feels right. Um, in terms of what you're trying to speak up upon on your reality and make sure you also stay 10 toes on like what is real to you. Like use the music as your, like your diary or sometimes if that's getting a little too much, make sure to also branch out and learn how to write in different perspectives because that all comes into play and make sure to give back. And um, and I would say just never give up on it because 
you know, when the door closes, just open it again. Shout out Kevin Gates. <laughs>